Today we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. Like the prophets in the Old Testament, we hope for a Messiah to save us from the sin in the world. We light the candle of hope, also known as the prophecy candle, which assures us in the hope we have that God will fulfill what he has promised about Jesus in the Old Testament. As we read the hope that God spoke and still speaks in our hearts, he prepares us to celebrate the birth of his son. In Isaiah 40 verses one through five, he speaks hope to the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Many years later, the coming of hope begins to unfold as God once again speaks, this time to a Jewish priest named Zechariah. In Luke 1, verses 11 through 17, we read, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Can you imagine the surprise Zechariah must have experienced? His barren wife would bear a child, and not just any child, but the one who would prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. This week, may our hearts be filled with the same hopeful expectations as we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord. Welcome to one of my favorite seasons of all time. It's Christmas. I'm very excited about it. As you guys could probably tell, all this sparkle and shimmer makes me so happy. You have no idea. I play music year-round just so I can get to this point in my life. But today we step into the Advent season. We will spend the next month preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. It's a beautiful process of focusing our minds, our thoughts, and our hearts on the true meaning of the celebration of Christmas. This week, as we've already heard, we focus on hope. I'd like to share with you one of my favorite Christmas carols. I know it's hard for you to imagine that I have like a few actual favorites because I love music, and you guys know this, but I love the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This was a ninth century Latin hymn that was originally titled Veni, Veni, Emmanuel, 
translated into English around 1851, and it has been covered throughout time by various artists ranging from Kelly Clarkson and Bad Religion to Otorino Respighi's Tritico Botticelliano. I hope I said that anywhere near right, but as you can, I'm sure you know, if you Google O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, hundreds of versions of this song, and they're not all Christian artists. And what's be which I find beautiful about, Christ about Christmas music is that there's something in the music that everybody, regardless of your spiritual beliefs, begins to find something within them yearning. I'm going to read these lyrics for you just because they're so incredible. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Not the most chipper, upbeat of Christmas songs. Um, Holly and I were listening to it the other day. She was like, this is angsty and doesn't seem to fit the, the panorama of Christmas. Like you've got glitter and glitz and shimmer and shine, and we have got that in abundance. And then you have this song that just seems like it should be, you know, sad and it's mournful yet yearning yet rejoicing. There's a lot in this song. Um, probably why I like it so much. Um, one year her choir was singing this song and she said while, while they were practicing it in class, they're rehearsing the song and students who don't know Jesus were singing this and they're moved to tears. And they said, I don't know why. They don't have an, a way to frame why this speaks to something so deep inside of them. It's this yearning inside all of us. And this year I find myself singing this song more than others. As my heart is yearning for peace and looking for hope. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom your captive people. I feel it deep inside, don't you? Especially this year. I know that I'm not alone in this longing, this feeling that something's got to give. Um... I'm pretty sure that if I recounted this year, it would begin to sound like a third grader was writing the story of the year, <laughs> like it's a comic book, like a brand new virus hits and schools around the world are canceled. It snows during spring break, which they would make sure to put in there. There's no more toilet paper to be found. There's double hurricanes, murder hornets, fire tornadoes, and that's just the first six months. There's masked people everywhere. 
It really sounds like a child's imagination, and many of us are really looking for caped Avengers to come and rescue the day, to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. No wonder we love these songs. We need this Christmas season. I've been hearing this from people all over the place. I need Christmas. 2020 needs a little more Christmas, right? 2020 needs some peace on earth, some goodwill to men. Um, our, our neighborhood, I don't know about yours, our neighborhood has been decorated since November 1st. Like people took down any Halloween decorations and it was like Christmas threw up on my neighborhood. There's like sparkle everywhere, lights. And I'm not going to lie, I may have had my tree up for a couple of weeks. But it's pretty and I want to enjoy it. These songs have been playing on our radios for quite some time already, despite the debates throughout Facebook of when you should start celebrating Thanksgiving. I don't stop playing the Christmas music, but some people say that there is a day that you should start. But I hear people saying, come on, Christmas, do your magic. We need a little bit more of that. But there's a problem with that. My hope isn't in sparkle. Our hope can't be found in tinsel in that Christmas spirit. And I'm pretty sure that even though there's fun and excitement in the Christmas season, I get involved with it. I love it. It's so much fun. But that alone will feel, leave our hearts feeling empty because if that's all I'm putting my, my hopes in, then by the end of Christmas or even halfway through, I'm going to find myself disillusioned, frustrated, really upset that 2020 is not being fixed by Christmas. Christmas just isn't doing its thing and isn't it supposed to fix everything. What do we do when we realize that everything around us is still 2020 and that all that glitter didn't fix it? So I thought we'd turn to the Apostle Paul. We're going to go to Romans this morning. I know not normally where you would want to go for Christmas, Christmas cheer. <laughs> Romans, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8, and while you're turning there, Romans is where Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to explain and help people understand Christian doctrine. He spends the first half of the book explaining the doctrine, the second half of the book telling you how to apply it. And so we're going to look in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, where he is explaining our hope of future glory. And it kind of seems like it's written just to us. In verse 18, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in, glory, <clears throat> in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies, <clears throat> we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something, 
we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently. I like this passage because I hear Paul looking at us and saying, it's not just you. You feel that yearning, that angst, that groaning. It's not just because of 2020. All of creation is yearning. They have been from the very beginning. Creation was thrown into this. And they're longing for the day that it gets set right. This longing we feel, not just because of 2020, but it's how we're supposed to feel. That's tough to think about because we want everything to go back to normal. Normal. We want everything to be set right. We want to feel the way that we did last February because that was right, right? But Paul's telling us that's not even right. We were still feeling this yearning last Christmas and the Christmas before and the Christmas before. We're yearning for this because we have this hope. We know what it's supposed to feel like. We know that this is not our home. We have received Christ, and yet we have not yet stepped into that glory that we are promised, the future glory. It's this tension of the already but the not yet that we live in. Our hope is not in tinsel or twinkle lights or Christmas spirit. Our hope is not in a wish that life will calm down and go back to normal. Our hope is not that COVID will go away and the masks can be taken off as much as we want all of that. This hope that we have is not a wishful thought, but a confident, expectant knowledge that we are being changed by God and we will one day see Christ face to face. That's our hope. This world around us, it changes. It will continue to change. 2020 will turn into 2021. I don't even know what's coming up. But the world has changed, but our hope has not. And I know that seems really simple, but as we head into Christmas season, as we head into this advent of preparing our hearts, I think we need to know that. This yearning we feel is what you're supposed to feel. This something's not right is the right feeling because I'm here to tell you something's not right. This world is broken, and we are here in this broken world, but we have hope because we have Jesus. So even though the world has changed, our hope has not. There may continue to be, and there will continue to be, political unrest, racial tension, COVID's not going anywhere. Virtual school for our kids is a reality Face, masks, and fire tornadoes, oddly. These are all things that are part of our lives. Fire tornadoes, you'll have to look that up. It's totally worth a Google. It was weird. But that's not where our hope is, and all of that going away. Our hope is in Jesus. And that's what makes this season so important. Our knowledge that the world has changed, but our hope has not. That's where we get our Christmas spirit. To know that we have hope and that we can rest in that. So what do we do with this knowledge? How do I hold on to hope and not get bogged down with the case of the 2020s? 
I'm going to challenge you. If you've never done Advent before, if you've never participated, do it this year. Of all years, we need this. Because during Advent, we calm our hearts. We focus on the coming of the Christ child. Go back through. Read these scriptures that we're sending out to you. Read of the prophecies, the promises that God gave his people. Let the book of Isaiah light you on fire this Christmas. As you see all the prophecies, all the promises of Messiah to come and realize God fulfilled that promise and God will continue to fulfill his promises. Hear the confident expectation through the word and relish the nativity story. The fulfillment of promises kept and the hope that has not changed. Remember the story. Not just remember the fluff of Christmas. Remember. Learn it afresh and anew. Let it change your life. The second thing I would encourage you to do is be intentional about what you turn to for peace and for hope and comfort this Christmas. There is nothing wrong with a good Hallmark movie and a cup of cocoa. I love Christmas movies. It is so much fun to sit with my kids, to giggle, and to have a good time, have a bowl of popcorn and some hot cocoa, but that's not where I find my peace. Sitting and staring at my beautiful Christmas tree gives me all the ooh, feelings, but that's not my peace. Be intentional about where you find your comfort and your peace. Last week, Pastor spoke, through, spoke from Philippians chapter 4. And in verses 8 and 9, it starts telling you, think on these things, whatsoever is pure, holy, righteous. Think about these things. Yes, there's a lot going on in the world. We live in a global time right now. We have a global society. Something can happen in Japan, and somebody, somebody can film a funny cat video in Japan and post it, and almost instantly we're watching and laughing at the same thing. But the same thing happens with the problems of the world. We're completely globally aware at this point, and it can bog you down. Don't let that be what your focus is on. Being aware is one thing, but your focus should be on the things of the word. Enjoy the season, but be intentional with your heart. This message has been geared towards Christians, but you might be listening today here because it's Christmas and you kind of feel like you should probably tune into church at least once during the season. Maybe you're here for your mom or your dad or maybe you're turn, tuning in because you need hope. 2020 has been so 2020. I want to invite you to come check out this Jesus, God himself who arrived the first Christmas and changed everything. He came as a baby in a manger and lived a life we could never live. He died a death that we deserved, and when he rose from the dead, he finished the work that made it possible for us to be made right with God. I'd love to help you if you have any questions and you want to know more about this Jesus, this baby in a manger, and why. We'd love to answer questions. Pastor Jerome would love to be there, pray with you, answer anything, you can email us. Check us out on Facebook. Contact us that way. Call us, email, come talk to us. But don't just let the season slip away. Be intentional. 
And for all of us, I want to go back to my favorite song, Rejoice, Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you. We have that hope of the future glory. And yeah, it sometimes feels far off, but when your focus is on him, it feels like it's any minute now. Can you imagine what the world would see if they looked at us and our focus was not on the six inches of cloth on our face or it was not on what's going on in the world, but it was really focused on how amazing this hope is that we have. During this time of year, the world really does kind of turn to us and say, well, you say you know the reason for the season. Let us really know this year the reason for the season. Let us turn our hearts to hope. In Isaiah, he describes the coming of the Messiah this way and the effect that it will have. In Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. My friends, we live in a land of deep darkness. And people need the light. And we hold this light within us. And let's not let the light within us be dimmed by the sparkle of Christmas lights. But this Advent, let us hold to our hope. Because that really has changed everything. Let's pray. Oh Lord, as we head into this Christmas season with all of the changes that 2020 has brought, thank you that you, our hope, has not changed. Please help us to focus our hearts on this hope as we draw closer to Christmas Day and may our hearts and our eyes be set on you. God, may you be glorified this Christmas season.